Hey everybody, it's Brian. Real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Ashvin and I were guests on a podcast called Movies in 4K. We joined Lady Phantom and Bill Shetty to discuss VFW, and we were honored to be their guests. They've been doing horror movie podcasts for years and years before people even knew what podcasts were. Uh, They've been horror movie critics and movie critics for a long time, so we were flattered to join them. It was a really fun episode, so check it out, Movies in 4K. Um, and they also have another show called Horror Movie Weekly that you should check out. So if you like horror movies, listen to Horror Movie Weekly. And if you like movies in general, listen to Movies in 4K. And they focus that show on um, reviewing the movies, but also saying whether or not it is worth the buy to buy the 4K version of the movie. So a useful tool if you are a 4K viewer. Um, yeah, so check that out. And otherwise, on with the show. Talk to you later, guys. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin. I've got Brian on the phone with me. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing the 1972 horror film Blackula, directed by William Crane and starring William Marshall and Vanetta McGee. This movie is a story of a vampire that wakes up in 1972 and wreaks havoc on Los Angeles. Um, Brian, had you seen this one before? I had never seen it. I had heard of it, but hadn't seen it. How about you? I had never seen it either. I don't even think I'd heard about it until uh, you mentioned it last week. Um, but it seems like it's got a pretty big cult following. It does. Yeah, it certainly does. And it's a, a big deal, an influential movie. Yeah, right. Uh, I guess this movie came out two years into the black exploitation genre. I think that started like around 1970, right? Yeah, I didn't get a like a, a time window on the black exploitation period. I'm sure that time window is probably still open, but yeah, have you seen? But yeah, that, I mean, the '70s is really when it started, right? And have you seen like a lot of uh, films from that genre? I have not, man. The only one that I think I've really seen is kind of a black exploitation spoof that mm-hmm. I think you've seen as well, Black Dynamite. Oh yeah, right. Wait, yeah. Which was like, uh, that came out like 10 years ago or something? Uh, yeah, 10 or 15. Right, yeah. Yeah, probably like 10 years ago. Yeah, that was kind of, that movie kind of put like that genre on the map for me. Like, I, I guess, like Shaft and stuff, you never saw that back in the day? No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I think I just kind of took those films for granted. I didn't realize that like there was part of like this overarching uh, genre of it. Right. It's kind of cool. Right, which apparently was like the first genre to show black people like as the heroes in movies and the subjects instead of just a side character. Yeah. But I think it was still a bit problematic because they were often portrayed as unhelpful stereotypes. Right, and, and this was like uh, probably on the heels of the civil rights movement or, or probably, well, that, that was like in the 60s, right? Yeah, late 60s. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it's been 62. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm just bad at history in general. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think 60s, 70s uh, kind of captures that, that genre of what was going on 
yeah. uh, historically. And then, um, yeah, this guy, uh, I feel like, so, so at least in the podcast that we've been doing, um, this is, he's probably only the second, uh, black filmmaker, uh, in terms of like films we've seen or reviewed, right? Outside Boy. of Jordan Peele. I'm trying to think. I gotta, I gotta believe there's maybe been one or two more, but, but maybe not. Yeah, I feel like horror in general doesn't have uh, too many, unfortunately. Yeah, boy, uh, gosh, maybe there haven't been any other black directors we've covered. Yeah, I'll have to go back and check too. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's uh, interesting to to re- revisit. Well, I guess see this one for the first time, and uh, definitely interesting to like watch it in modern times. Um, yeah. Would you say it was a success? Yeah, man. I mean, I couldn't find any numbers mm-hmm. in terms Same. of how it performed financially, but on this, uh, so there's a great documentary on Shudder called Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror mm-hmm. that I would highly recommend watching, but they talked about Black Hill a little bit on that. And from what that said, this production company was kind of like, in deep water at the time and black blackula kind of pulled them out of it with its financial success oh cool yeah that's awesome uh, there was a sequel the very next year which is a usually tells you whether or not it was financially successful it was one of the top grossing films of the year according to wikipedia but again no numbers to really back that up right i didn't realize Uh, the sequel sequel came out like right on the heels that's crazy yeah yeah and then it sparked a wave of of other black horror movies and black exploitation horror movies there was scream ba- blackula scream was the sequel mm-hmm. and then there was blackenstein yeah. and dr black mr hyde right um there was one called abby that was kind of a demonic possession type thing like the mm-hmm. exorcist uh sugar hill was another one that sounded interesting those were all kind of on the heels of of blackula in the following years oh cool so yeah, awesome. this is just a genre of cinema that I, I know very little about until now. And honestly, man, I would recommend anybody check out horror, no- horror noir. It's really entertaining and informative. This all falls under horror noir? No, horror noir is the name of the oh, documentary. Right, on Shudder. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I got to get Shudder. I, I, people ask me if I have that, and I think they just assume that I would have access to that. <laughs> you should. Yeah, yeah, you find a lot of good content on there. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, this, this uh, special sounds pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, pretty big, uh, big success. Um, cast wise, I think this one launched the career of William Marshall. Is that fair? Um, I don't know, man. I think he wasn't in that much before this, and then yeah. afterwards, he was in a lot of TV and stuff. Right, made it out to like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Do you, did, did you recognize this guy? Like, have you seen any of his other work? I didn't know. Did you? No, but like such a distinct voice. I I, I bet if uh, I went back and watched Pee Wee's Playhouse, I might remember him. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he does have a distinct voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was the first black ba- black vampire to appear on film. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I know. I know. Eddie Murphy does it in the '90s, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Boy, what, what were was those it? movies called? Is it Brooklyn Vampire or Vampire in Brooklyn or something? Vampire in Brooklyn. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm kind of curious to see that. And, yeah, just see. Um, yeah, this was really one of the 
a horror noir called it the first contemporary black horror film. It seems like there was one or two beforehand. Like there was one in the forties called son of Ngagi that was, mm-hmm. I think the first black made horror film. Oh, okay. But, um, but this is, this is definitely one of the first and definitely one of the first that proved it could be financially successful. Probably yeah. the first. Yeah, right. Uh, and I think this whole genre kind of uh, had a big influence on Hollywood because uh, I feel like when when uh, this genre started, uh, Hollywood wasn't like bought in, but then they saw the commercial success films like this had, and then uh, that's why it became a little bit more mainstream in the seventies, probably. Yeah, yeah. And in that documentary, they talk about how in the uh, cinema in like the thirties and forties, black people were always relegated to the role of like a maid or a servant or butler or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then in the fifties and sixties, when horror went all sci-fi, all the characters were scientists. So there was no place. I mean, Hollywood assumed they, you know, they weren't going to put a black scientist in a movie. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Had yeah. Night of the Living Dead with a black hero in 1968, and then the the black exploitation thing hit in the 70s. Oh yeah, I forgot about Night of the Living Dead. Um, that yeah, that had a main character, right? Uh, a black main yep. character, right? Yep. Yeah, and the role wasn't written to be to yeah. be played by a black person. It just that dude was the best actor that showed up that day. So the nice. story goes. Cool. Yeah, pretty neat. Um, one problematic thing, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get into later. Uh, and I was wondering if you caught this. Did you feel like this movie was a little homophobic? Wow, man. This is the, like, first, like, it cuts from the past to present times. And the first characters in the present times is a gay couple. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was like, all right, this movie's going to do it all and just be, like, really inclusive. Yeah, that's what I thought, um, too. And then not only were they just a very stereotypical you know, kind of caricatures of gay people, they then went on to use the F word over and over again in this movie, yeah. man. Yeah, I know. That was kind of yeah, shocking. That, that was unfortunate. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know. I got the same impression as you. Like, oh, cool. This is like a pretty progressive movie. But then, uh, yeah, totally dropping the F word all, all over the place. And like, even the way they refer to them throughout the movie. Um, yeah. Pretty right. hard to see. Yeah. Because I mean, it. you know, and we've seen movies, we talk about how, say, before... 2008-ish is when you start to you can look back at movies made before that time and you'll catch words that we would not put in movies today right Um, yeah yeah usually just used as kind of like a pass away a comment or something but they really (laughs) yeah it's it's used in a really mean-spirited way in this movie yeah yeah that was pretty unfortunate here yeah not that it's ever okay to use those terms but right yeah, it was it was pretty extreme here. Pretty yeah. egregious. Yeah, yeah, that that made some of the uh, viewing difficult on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also kind of made me think: um, when was uh, AIDS and stuff like? I guess that was late or eighties, probably eighties or nineties. That like AIDS, uh, the epidemic kind of came about in the U.S. Is that is that fair? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna point people to another documentary on Shutter. Um, Oh crap! What's it called? It's called Scream Queen. Scream comma Queen mm-hmm. about the dude. I, th- I want to say his name is Mark Patton, who starred in Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what it did to his career because it was like a there were just there was such clear gay subtext in that movie that people right. weren't ready for, and how it it's all about like how it impacted his career, and it, it gives a little bit of a history of. Um, 
you know what gay gay life was like at that time and what was going on in our in the U.S. culture. Interesting. Yeah. Um, is there? Do you don't think there's any like parallel or any messaging around like vampires uh, and like the gay culture or anything, right? Hmm. I don't think so, but maybe we could come up with something. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, on, uh, um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess what my train of thought was, like, 70s, 80s, you had this uh, resurgence, uh, or, like, the, you know, the introduction of AIDS, maybe, in, into the U.S., and this, like, idea um, that it was being carried around, and then vampires are creatures that go around, like, sucking blood, potentially. Um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if there's, a, yeah, I'm not sure if there's a, a connection there, and probably not, though, right? Yeah, I don't think, um, I don't know when... The first case of HIV was recorded in the U.S., but if it wasn't before 19, or if it if it was in the 70s, people, the general public probably didn't know. Yeah, I think it really only became a thing in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my thinking too. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Um, well, yeah. Any anything else? Uh, any other background you want to throw about around about this, or you got a Ohio connection? Um, I do have an Ohio connection. Um, oh, and one one fun fact that from Horror Noir is the director, William Crane, was talking about how there's a club. Actually, there's multiple scenes in the club in this, yeah. right, when there's a band playing and stuff. Mm-hmm. The director wanted to have the like white and black people in that scene be mixed as couples dancing together. And that, like, just him doing that on the fly on the like set being like oh no everybody get together had to go all the way up to the owner of the production company oh my god are you serious so get approval to do that yeah wow that's crazy yeah that's very telling of like the time that this uh, film was made yeah indeed um and yeah man it's it's both of the movies we're talking about tonight it's depressing to see some of the themes in these that are just still so prominent 50 years later yeah yeah i know i know um but yeah, our Ohio connection from our good friend Alex, who owns Jukebox Tavern in Cleveland, Ohio. This movie was directed by William Crane, a graduate of UCLA's film school who became a cult inspiration for his work on this film. He was one of the first black directors to achieve mainstream success. Although Blackula didn't perform well initially, it has been fondly remembered and spawned a series of Blackula sequels and spin-off films. His other career work is limited mostly to TV shows like The Mod Squad and Dukes of Hazard. Crane was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, he also directed Dr. Black, Mr. Hyde, which it sounds like was retitled later. Uh, what was it retitled to? I can't remember. It was something that just didn't make any sense to me. It wasn't <laughs> an especially grabby title or anything like that. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, that's cool. He's he's still uh, active. I, it looks like he did something in 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very possible. That's just crazy. He's been directing uh, since the 70s, and uh, that's like 30 plus 20. That's like 50 years of directing. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he was alive and well and healthy looking in this documentary. Oh, cool. Oh, they actually featured him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. There were some some great people featured in yeah, the documentary. That's, great that's interviews awesome. and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I need to check that out. All right. Well, uh, anything else? Nope. Let's keep rolling. All right, cool. Let's get into the plot. Uh, we'll spoil the film and we'll give our reviews of it. Uh, but before we do that, do you mind if uh, we take a quick break? I just need to check on something really quick. Sure, man. Go ahead. All right. Thanks. I'll be right back.
Hey, Brian, I'm back. Yeah, everything okay? Uh, yeah, you know, I took this chicken out earlier to thaw out, um, but I didn't realize it was a vampire chicken, so now I just have this chicken that's, like, flying around uh, our kitchen. Um, <laughs> you gotta be careful of those, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they can still come back. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's always best to de- uh, thaw those out in, like, a locked room or something. Otherwise, you got... <laughs> chicken slider oh yeah uh, there was a, a thaw out scene in this i forgot about that yeah <laughs> I actually like that's I... a precursor to my like favorite shot in the movie oh cool all right which yeah i'm that's... sure we'll get to yeah yeah oh overall i gotta say it's nice to see like dracula brought out from like the we're so because did we see a vampire film I, I mean we saw nosferatu was that the only vampire film we've seen uh, the Fright Night remake, those are the only two vampire movies we've seen, but honestly, or not yeah. that we've seen, but that we've discussed on this podcast, yeah. this movie makes me want to do more, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's kind of fun to put them in these uh, contexts. Yeah. To them in a new light. Yep. Uh, all right, well, yeah, th- this movie opens in the year 1780, and we've got Prince Mamuwaldi, who is, uh, I forget what country he's from, uh, somewhere in Africa. And they never say what country he's from. They say he's from near the Niger River Delta. Ah, okay. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, so he is meeting with Count Dracula um, to try to convince him to abandon the slave trade. Um, did, do you think this happened in Europe? I mean, I imagine it happened in Transylvania. I'm not sure exactly where that is. You don't know where Transylvania is? No, is it by Pennsylvania? Or what, what do you think is it, it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the capital of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's like Eastern Europe. I mean, I don't know that I could point to it on a map, but oh, it's it's a real place. <laughs> it's a real place. Yeah. <laughs> what? There's actually a country called Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. That's. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you... this is happening. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Dude, if there was actually a place called Transylvania, like everyone would be going there every year to like see vampires and stuff. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, maybe they have some minor vampire tourism. Um, Do you uh, want to yeah. take a break to look it up and make sure I'm not crazy? <laughs> I mean, I will after this podcast. I'll look this up. <laughs> it's just crazy that we've been here like this long talking about this stuff and there's been a Transylvania this whole time. Well, what's... <laughs> and and that's, that's like part of the EU now, basically? Um, hmm. I don't know if they're part of the EU or not. Have you ever met anyone from Transylvania? Yeah. You know, I think I do know a guy from Transylvania. Really? Yeah. That, not that I, I think like that, of it. That seems like that'd be a really awkward thing to go around telling people you're from Transylvania. <laughs> Damn, man. You get, like, oh, look, my... he's here now. <laughs> yeah. He's with you right now. Has the sun gone down? <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're kind of blowing my mind on this. <laughs> I, just, I just assumed it was like a play on Pennsylvania. It's weird. All right. That's great. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, I guess they're, they're actually in Europe, and he's talking to him about the slave trade. Um not surprisingly, Dracula, Count Dracula, is, uh, is is in support of slavery. I guess, which makes sense since like vampires go around enslaving people. Um, so he uh, doesn't help him out, and he's, instead he attacks the prince and uh, basically bites him and converts him into uh, a vampire and locks him into a coffin and basically curses him, saying that um, you're going to be uh, thirsting for blood the rest of your life. Uh, what do you think of this opening scene? Uh, it was pretty campy, but uh, it was entertaining enough. Yeah. I mean, it kind of set the stage, because I feel like the whole movie is pretty campy, right? Yeah, it is, for sure. And uh, 
his wife also he like seals in the room with Mama Walde in the coffin and he's like you're just gonna listen to his cries until the flesh rots from your bones right and his wife is a luva who becomes yep. like a yeah it becomes an important thing in a little bit yeah yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, pretty campy, uh, kind of silly. But I, I appreciated the dialogue between uh, the prince and, and the Count Dracula. I thought that was like a really good expose. And I think the actor had a big role here, uh, William Marshall, in getting them to create this background story of like why they were talking. Right. Yeah. That sounds like it was the case. Yeah. Uh, so then we jump to 1972, and as Brian mentioned earlier, there is this uh, gay couple that's buying uh, the Count Dracula estate. And while they're unpacking uh, all the stuff, um, the coffin pops open and uh, Black uh, comes out and attacks them, uh, killing both of them, uh, slash killing, slash converting them into vampires, which that's also a mystery too. Like, how do you, as a vampire, how do you go uh, to kill versus conversion? Like, what's, what's the math there? Yeah, we've talked about this before. I don't know if it's just the amount of blood you take. I've always assumed it was your ch- vampire's choice. Okay, got it, yeah. Uh, so if you take too much blood, then you're killing and you're just drinking them. If you just take a little, you're kind of prepping them to become a vampire? Yeah, that's what I assume, but again, I, I'm not... Vampires are a bit of a hole for me, so I could be wrong. Apparently this whole time we could have just gone to Transylvania and answered a lot of these questions. It's <laughs> <Yeah. is> crazy. <laughs> All right, so uh, at the funeral for one of these guys, uh, a group of friends come to the viewing and Blacklist sees one of them. It's this woman named Tina. And he's convinced that Tina is the reincarnation of his wife, Luva, from 1780 or whatever. Um, so Blackula is like determined to, you know, get Luva or get Tina to fall in love with him and basically follows Tina around and in the process kills a few people, like a cab driver, um, other people, like a, a photographer at a club, and converting them into vampires, basically. Um, on his tail, there's this pathologist who works for the LA Police Department, and he starts noticing all these bodies that are turning up that are drained of blood but have like these two bite marks on them, and he starts suspecting that there's a vampire in the city. Uh, what did you think of these characters that were like introduced, and then this assumption that uh, they could quickly jump to the idea that there's a vampire there? I kind of liked it because um, this dude I think is kind of a parallel to Doctor Van Helsing. Oh. Dr. Sure. Dr. Gordon Thomas. Yeah. Um, yeah, he keeps finding these bite marks on people's necks. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. I've got to ask a question. How do you know this is in LA? Did they say so? And how did we get here? Uh, how did we get to LA? Yeah, I know. Uh, th- that's the thing. That's where I thought Transylvania was a, a made-up place, and so it would uh, it'd be pretty easy to get to LA from a made-up place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's a good question. I don't know how the state ended up in L.A. Uh, we know it's L.A., uh, I think partly Wikipedia. Also, I think, um, no, that's mostly it, yeah. I can't. Was there another? Okay. Yeah, there's nothing else throughout the movie, right? No, I, yeah, I never knew. I, the whole time I was like, is this the whole thing then happening in Transylvania still? <laughs> yeah. No. You know, at one point they referenced like the Panthers, um, and it definitely had like an American feel to it with like the police officers. But I, I was looking at the police officers and trying to see if it's like any particular police department. But I don't think it ever did in this in the movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is not an airtight movie in terms of logic. So. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, okay, so um, yeah, this I, I I liked his character and like the, the the cop and how he's following him, and you know yeah. I, I think a, a normal doctor might have thought like uh, there was like a virus going around or something or some kind of uh, something else, but it is interesting how quickly he he's like there's got to be a vampire or something. Um, so yeah, he basically finds he he proves that the bodies are coming back to life by opening up the graves on uh, one of the people who died in the beginning. And then, um, yeah, the cab driver uh, that is this woman who's been like kept frozen in in, in the uh, uh, what do you call that place where they keep bodies? The freezer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a morgue, right? <laughs> the morgue. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> at a freezer in the morgue, uh, and she like the, the guy pulls her out of there, but he forgets to lock the door, and she comes back to life. And and I like that scene a lot. Did you like that one? Yeah, uh, did you notice this coroner was uh, the dude from House on Haunted Hill who was, like, the alcoholic dude? Oh, no. I, I didn't catch that at all. Yeah. Really? Okay. Uh, that would have been, like, 10, 15 years before this film, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, 50, about that. 50s or uh, 60s. 14 years, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, are you talking about the scene when, like, when she really comes back and she gets the coroner? Yeah, she, like, runs at him with, like, her arms stretched out yeah like she's at one end of the hallway and he's at the other so she's just running towards the camera in slow motion with her arms yeah like, stretched out in front of her and it's it's a great shot I, I thought her makeup looked pretty decent too yeah yeah i like that too and the slow motion effect was great some of the stuff in this movie was a little bit freaky like not scary yeah. but there was maybe a freaky scene or two yeah i know i agree yeah some definitely some creepy parts yeah. uh and yeah like visually this part i thought was really uh kind of creepy mm-hmm uh yeah so now now the police all know that there's a vampire running around bringing people back so they're they're on the hunt for these vampires that are out there um and uh there's a, f- a fun scene where they show up at this warehouse and there are a bunch of vampires they get attacked um and they escape by uh I, I guess like burning some of the vampires like throwing fire at them I didn't know vampires were uh are they, are they like uh, susceptible to burning did you know that that seems to be the case in some movies okay. Yeah. Uh, you've seen that happen before? Yeah, I can't think of which movies, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're allergic to the sun, and the right. sun being a big ball of fire, yeah. Okay. Um, so, finally, uh, this film kind of climaxes where Blackula has gotten Tina to fall in love with him. Hey, was Tina hypnotized this whole time? Um, no, I think she just, like, felt this cosmic connection. Oh. between herself and Mama Walde. Damn, I've been trying to get that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, You'll get there. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I just, I took it as maybe she was like somehow her spirit reincarnated. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, she like kind of bought into that. And, and yeah, so, so you actually think she was Luva reincarnated? Maybe. Hmm, okay. Why not? They're vampires. Yeah, I th- I thought maybe she was Anything like under is possible, right? I thought she was under like some kind of uh, hypnosis that vampires are known to do from time to time. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. So for some reason, yeah, she's she's like blindly in love with him. Um, they run away and they're in this chemical plant, but they're being chased by these police, and the police end up killing Tina twice. Once they shoot her, and so to save her, uh, Blackula brings her back, to, er, converts her into a vampire. And bring her back to life. Then the second time, she's in a coffin, and the cops open the coffin and stab her, thinking it's Blackula, but it's her. 
So yeah, they basically kill Tina twice. Yeah, um, like when you back up and do the ten thousand foot view on this movie, it's about a black man whose wife was killed by a slave owner who was then imprisoned and released to find a new lover who was killed by the police twice. Holy shit! <laughs> that totally changed this film. Yeah, but you're right. That's there's, kind of... I mean, this is like a cheesy, fun thing. Yeah, but there's definitely some some subtext here. Um, yeah where you some of it i'm sure is on purpose some just stuff you could read into right um and some of it's pretty blatant like the doctor says to the cops like strange how many sloppy police jobs involve black victims when he's oh, struggling yeah. to get records on some of these gay people right yeah yeah or exactly. gay people i'm sorry uh black people because then the officer's response to that is well schaefer wasn't black but he was one of the the gay dudes so oh yeah yeah it was weird there were there was some commentary there, like being like, "Yeah, gay people are prejudiced against too." But, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. Like there, there's definitely, uh, and it, I think compared to some other films we've seen, it, it did feel like a little more um, subtle or downplayed in in the dialogue here. But I, I think you're right. A lot of it probably was purposeful in like trying to shed light on like yeah, police treatment of populations that are um, yeah subjugated to police violence. Yeah, I think the uh, the police are really prominent in this movie, and then like when they're patrolling the streets looking for vampires, they're essentially like looking for black people because they oh. assume this is all happening in the black community, right? Um, and they end up chasing Blackula. They don't know anything about him yet. They just see a black guy running, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to get the people off the streets at one point, and they say they're going to have to declare a curfew. Which holy Chicago under a curfew? Yeah, yeah, we're under curfew for like a week or so. Yeah, so are we. So damn. A lot of these themes were pretty, pretty darn uh, pertinent to what's going on right now. Yeah. Holy shit. Fifty, fifty some years later. Yeah. That's that's wild. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. Like uh, that, this is kind of like a could be a a romantic tragedy because yeah the the ending after she's killed again by these cops uh he doesn't even um you know they're he doesn't even fight anymore he basically the ending is blackwell walks up into the daylight and kills himself which um like how often does that happen in a horror film right yeah 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 he he is a tragic character and he's kind of like he's the villain but he's kind of also the main character like Mm -hmm. you're not rooting for him but you're not rooting against him yeah because the whole time he's just there like, basically chasing this woman to be his wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all he and, really wants, but he's got to kill people to drink. Yeah, people come in the way, he's got to eat. <laughs> he's got things to do. But yeah, I mean, do you feel like this film was more uh, like a romantic tragedy or, or more horror? Uh, yeah, I think it was overt horror. And like, yeah, I mean, black exploitation is... I feel like black exploitation can be kind of jokey from what little I've seen mm-hmm. or cheesy. So yeah, it was definitely that like a, a bit comedic. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely got whether it, uh, purposely or not, but right. But yeah, I mean, honestly, some of the scenes played for scares, I thought were pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I thought so too. Uh, so, so you liked the, the, the woman in the morgue, uh, what were the other scenes that you liked? So there's one scene where um, a woman who's photographing them in the bar is developing the photos yeah. and in her house and Blackula comes to get her. Yeah. And 
how he knows from the 1780s that that he's not going to show up in a photograph is <laughs> beyond me. I know. <laughs> but uh, he like she opens the curtain to her dark room and he like glides. He's out in the living room and like glides to her, mm-hmm. which yeah. is kind of freaky. And then a cop driving by her house sees her like collapse on the porch. He picks her up to carry her inside, and she turns in his arms and bites him. Yeah, yeah, that's which I thought call. was kind of cool because normally you're waiting, you're assuming they're gonna take a while to turn, but right, like yeah, she does like on on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she was, I think, she was like uh, coying him in, right? Like she was, uh, she was like kind of tricking him. No, I think she was like legit, like still oh. a human and dying oh. when she was asking for help. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, a few, a few standout scenes here, despite like the, I guess, yeah, the cheesier production or the, or the B qualityness of this. Yeah, I, I agree. There were some pretty cool sequences in there. Yeah. And for a 1972 movie, it, it moved pretty fast. Yeah, it did. It had a good pacing. It's, it's not a very long movie, right? It's only probably 80 some minutes. Yeah. I think it was our, yeah, right around 90. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean for being a cheaply made movie from 1972 i thought the production values were actually pretty high yeah uh did you feel like the gore uh made a lot of sense or did you like it um it was fine it, it was probably lacking in most scenes i kind of liked his melting in the sun seeing yeah. how gory and goopy that was <laughs> that was really over the top <laughs> it was like, i, I yeah. kind of liked it it yeah, yeah. Going. <laughs> it was like a nice like cheesy ending <laughs> yeah just his face like kind of like uh yeah deteriorating really quick yeah, and I like the uh, like the soul music throughout too. Yeah, uh, they had like a band, uh, an actual band that was like playing at the club. Which yeah, I thought that music gave the movie a really cool vibe. Yeah, yeah. But what did you think, man? Uh, I I agree. Like, uh, well well paced, uh, interesting story, and I do feel like Dracula is kind of a boring story in general. So it was kind of cool to see it in this new context. Um, parts of it I thought were um, over. Uh, well, I guess like yeah, very very. Uh, underdeveloped in terms of like at some points it even like felt like you're watching like a porno or something just the level of like acting and, and production but uh, overall I think it kind of like it worked together really well uh, in terms of like telling a cohesive and pretty interesting story yeah yeah there were a few weak actors in the bunch oh yeah. one other scene, thing, scene that I thought was really cool um, Dr. Gordon is going to dig up this one dude's body to see um, when he's like first got the suspicion that this could be a vampire's thing. So he goes mm-hmm. to the cemetery and digs up this dude's body. Um, and he brings his wife or girlfriend with him mm-hmm. and he like opens the coffin, the dude springs out and then he's trying to kill him and she's screaming at him not to kill the dude. Like she has no idea what happened. She just assumes this dude was buried alive. Yeah. Right. And her screams were just like so sincere and intense. I, it was a surprisingly captivating scene to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that, that was a pretty, uh, yeah. Sc- that was kind of a scary sequence there. Like, yeah, where he's he's fighting. I don't. I couldn't tell why she was telling him not to. Like, you just dug up this dead body and and your and it came back to life. Uh, why wouldn't yeah, you want to kill it? It was just like her reaction. Like, no part of her brain yeah. or body thought that <laughs> Transylvania was a real place. <laughs> that's still it's still to be to be determined i think but yeah <laughs> but yeah no part of her assumed this is like an undead vampire yeah. trying yeah. to kill my boyfriend right. yeah yeah that was that was very convincing that was, yeah. that was really good uh yeah yeah i, I like that 
Um, hey, there was one line where when they're talking about like how quickly the vampire population is growing, and uh, I don't know if you caught this, but he said vampires multiply geometrically. I have never heard that term. I've always heard exponentially. I think they meant exponentially. Because then he's like, one the first night, two the second night, four the next night. I think that's exponentially, not geometrically. Right? Yeah, I don't even know what geometrically would mean. Right, yeah. I, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, that's that's us uh, number of people <laughs> putting on our, our nerdy hats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we overall, don't know geography, but maybe we know a tiny bit of math. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing <laughs> we got a little bit of. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a fun movie overall. Uh, but um, yeah, and and, and and so you felt like the role of race uh, was like kind of nodded to here, and and like the the real life kind of violence and the the themes were brought about in subtle ways. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was definitely um, obvious ways like the whole thing that he's trying to end the slave trade and Dracula is like, no, I'm not down with that. And he like Dracula's into Luva and he's like, it's a compliment for a man in my station to look with desire on one uh, of your color. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're definitely like explicit racism that the characters encounter in the movie. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, then there are also subtexts and stuff. And Dracula is the one who gives him the name Blackula. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, between Dracula and then like yeah, the police treatments and like their response to all of this, uh, I, I think you're right. Definitely right, her being shot and killed by the police twice. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, cool. I, yeah, I always love it when they uh, bring these kind of elements into like a horror context. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Both of the movies that we we're talking about tonight are both kind of cheesy and campy, but then like dead serious about some other stuff too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, though, yeah, it's, it's weird because, like, the vibe of this one it feels a lot more uh, fun or, like, moving uh, um, and more kind of hip, I guess, than maybe, like, uh, the other one. Yeah. 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 We rarely say what we're doing next, but can we just say <laughs> Tales, Tales from the Hood is next week? Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Which, yeah, had a much different uh, approach, I think. Yeah. This one. Yeah. Uh, cool. How many uh, bats uh, flying around LA would you give this one? I think I give this one 3.5 bats flying around LA. Oh, he turned into a bat, which I love. I'm always happy when they go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I was, I was trying to think, like, in 1970s, seeing that, like, conversion from person to bat, like, that must have been pretty cool. That didn't look that bad. Yeah. He just kind of fades out and there's a bat there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, three and a half. Uh, same. Yeah. I almost went four, but... But yeah, I'll leave it at three and a half. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I, re- I really wish uh, it was, it, yeah, the, the homophobic stuff it was a real downer, though. That yeah, was... yeah. And I mean, granted, this was 1972, so mm-hmm. it's hard to go back and say, but it just feels like a, a missed opportunity for this to just be like yeah, super inclusive. Right, yeah, yeah. And super progressive, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like wanted it to be more progressive than it, it was, I guess. Right. Yeah. Same. Same. Uh, well, cool. Anything else on Blackula? Uh, that's it. All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone. Uh, this was our discussion on Blackula. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people find our show, and we very much appreciate it. If you want to join in the discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com. 
or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We also have a Discord server where we're chatting up with a few other listeners, so you can follow us there and chat with some other horror fans. We have a Patreon page in case you want to throw some change our way. You can find that at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you're thinking about asking Count Dracula to help you out, maybe do it in the daylight in case uh, the conversation goes south. Mm-hmm.